Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here with you on this wonderful Thursday as we are continuing to get you ready for Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we have very sad news to bring to you. We are... Losing recipes. There are some things that make Kansas City, Kansas City. Our love of the Big 12 tournament, the Plaza Art Fair, the American Royal. There are some Kansas City institutions. And if we are going to allow Queen Taylor Swift to be in our city, we need to preserve it. She is one of us. She has been through the Chiefs' ups and downs. She was at that Christmas Day game against the Las Vegas Raiders. No, it was Chiefs' heartbreak. She also needs to know this Kansas City tradition. I'll tell you what that is coming up in just a bit. Excited to be here with you. I am a week away from flying to Vegas to get ready for the Super Bowl. I'm excited. Hopefully you are excited. I expect a very good game between two very good teams. We got a lot to get into today. But first, before we do any of that. First things first, Carrington Pizza Time on the drive. Dial me up right now, 913-586-7610. Caller number six wins a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York-style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They got a new spot in Waldo, plus locations in OP. That's my home, Pizza Tasio. They also got locations in Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe, and Lawrence, plus a killer selection of both craft and local beers or unique wines, if that's your thing. So whether you're in the mood for slices or maybe a whole pie, be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock. Number two, I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends that if you want some of the best pizza in town, and if you want some of the best Super Bowl 58 coverage, you can get that right here at 610 Sports Radio. Also, you know what? Do me a bonus favor. Tell Rob happy birthday again. Rob turned 31 yesterday. He had a nice little dinner with the family. He's going on another dinner today. I'm starting to wonder how much are we paying Rob? He can just afford all these meals every single day. You get one birthday dinner. 
Rob's like a 26-year-old woman right now. I didn't know you got all week to celebrate your birthday. So tell Rob happy birthday. So I would like to play this audio for you guys. This is from Bob Costas, who might be the greatest living sports broadcaster. He was on television earlier today, and he said this about your Kansas City Chiefs. Nothing else. I think the Chiefs now, it can safely be said, are America's team. The Dallas Cowboys have had that moniker for a long time, and they're still a glamour franchise, but they haven't been to the Super Bowl since the mid-'90s. For a hot minute, they were saying Detroit is America's team. For a hot minute. Sentimentally, yeah. They would have been a sentimental favorite if they got to the Super Bowl, and it would have been a great storyline. 49ers are a good storyline, too. But now the Chiefs have been to four of the last five Super Bowls. They have the best quarterback in the game, even though there are others really who are really good. He's exciting, he improvises, he's charismatic. Mm -hmm. They've got him. Andy Reid's been around a long time, went to the Super Bowl with Philadelphia, and now with the Chiefs. They've got Travis Kelsey and his romance with Taylor Swift. He was a big deal to begin with, and now it blows up bigger. Plus the State Farm commercials. Yes. You don't have to know a screen pass from a field goal to know something about the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I understand what Bob Costas is trying to say, but this is where I would disagree with Bob And I think it's perfectly fine to not be America's team. No one outside of Kansas City wants to see them win anymore. Just think about how tired you were of seeing Alabama and Clemson in the national championship. Or if you really hate Duke basketball or the Yankees or the Lakers, you're tired of seeing them win and you want some new blood. That's how the rest of the country feels about Kansas City. That's a good thing. When I think of America's team, I think of like a lowly underdog that has risen up. The Lions, to Gail King's point, that was America's team. You've never won. America wants to see you win because we love cheering for the underdog. Nobody wants to cheer for Apollo Creed. You want Rocky to win. That's the whole point of the movie. You want to see the underdog triumph in the end. That's not what Kansas City is anymore. That's what they used to be. But you have now evolved into a place that is the best place that you could possibly be in sports. People are tired of seeing you win. You are America's team when you are starting up. You're America's team when you're on your first album. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, this is your 11th Grammy. You're a household name. You're a brand name at this point. You're not America's team. This is the point that very few people get to cheer for. You know the fans that you make fun of because they're bandwagon fans? How one day they just wake up and they're a fan of a certain NFL team or a certain NBA team? Like, wait, hold on. That's who the Chiefs are now. That's the team that you cheer for. If you have spent your entire childhood hating Duke basketball, you now cheer for Duke basketball. Isn't it great? Your team is always going to win in the end. Your team is always going to be accused of getting the officiating advantage. Your team has the star players. Your team has all the guys that are in commercials. They're not a feel-good store anymore, and that's perfectly fine. It's good. It's good to sit atop the rest of the NFL and look down at all these lowly teams. As their team is getting ready for the Pro Bowl, your team is getting ready for another Super Bowl. As Lamar Jackson is getting ready for the quarterback accuracy test down in Orlando, Florida, your quarterback is still answering questions about how you can take on one of the best teams in the National Football League. Isn't it great? That wasn't the only bit of audio that we got today. We also got Larry David, who might be one of the funniest people that we have. 
He was on CBS Morning as they're getting ready for the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And let me tell you, Rob is pumped, thrilled, could not be more excited about the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David was asked about Travis and Taylor. Here's what he said. You've really got a nerve. You bring it out of us. By the way, I... We weren't going to. I used used the S word once before (laughs) on this show some years ago. I'm prepared to use it again in answer to that question. (laughs) And I think you know it's I don't give... Okay. Okay. Right. A schnoodle. A schnoodle. A schnoodle. Okay. Larry David, just always true to the brand. You got to love it. What a guy. One more cut I want to play for you guys is Charles Barkley, another one of the funniest people that we have. Charles Barkley was asked about this, was asked about Travis, was asked about Taylor. Hey, Charles, what do you think? Charles is one of those people that you want to know his take. You want to know his opinion. You know he has an opinion on everything. Here's what the great Charles Barkley had to say. I'm going to look right in that camera. If you're screaming Uh at Swift saying she ruined her, you're just a loser. Uh, (laughs) You're just a loser or a jackass. You can be A or B. One of the two. One of the two. I don't think I could have said it any better myself. If you are worried about Taylor Swift, you're a loser or a jackass. You can pick which one you want to be. Either one. We don't got to spend too much time on this today. I do have very serious football things to get to. But, Rob, I compiled all the data that we got from the New York Times. You know, they've been keeping track of this thing. I compiled all the data in the three postseason games that we saw the Kansas City Chiefs play in. She was shown on the screen 17 times for a total of 2 minutes and 25 seconds. That's all Taylor Swift that we got over the three postseason games. And they showed her the most in the Dolphins game because the Dolphins ceased to be competitive. They didn't show her that much in the Bills game because it was close, because it was interesting. They didn't show her a whole lot in the AFC championship game because it was close. It was competitive. Baltimore had a chance to win that game. They only really showed her in the Miami game because they needed time in the fourth quarter because the game was wrapped up. I can't wait for Taylor Swift to be at the Super Bowl. She's going to be walking around the field before the game. They're going to show her. I can't wait when they do. You know they do this for every Super Bowl. They show you all the celebrities that are at the game, and then she's the last one that they show, and she's sitting there with Roger Goodell, and they're just laughing of all the money that they've made the NFL over the last three months or so. Ah, it's going to be so great. I can't wait for Super Bowl Sunday. I just can't wait for it. She's probably going to have some cool jacket or hat or something. Rob, you know the fit's got to be pristine that she's going to be wearing for Super Bowl Sunday. She got to cheer her man on as he tries to cash in at 16 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP. Coming up on the other side, we will get back to very serious football things. And later today, we're going to catch up with Mike Gennetti. We're actually, catch up with him in 20 minutes. Mike Gennetti created Spot Track. That is the website that I use to get all my salary cap and contract information. I was kind of getting ready for the offseason a little bit today, and I saw a very interesting name of who the Chiefs could target at wide receiver. I'll tell you who it is. Keep it right here, so drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to head to the phone lines and be joined by Mike Janetti of Track. That is where I get all my salary cap information from. We'll take a little bit of a look to the offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. This bye week, this rest week, sort of gives us a chance to look big picture with the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll do that with Mike Janetti coming up in just a little bit. So I saw a very interesting name today as I was getting ready for the show about some free agent possibilities for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the name that popped up was Calvin Ridley of the Jacksonville Jaguars as a wide receiver that Kansas City could bring in next year. I do feel very confident that the Chiefs are going to bring in a veteran wide receiver. They're going to get the MVS contract off the books, and they're going to have a little bit of free agent dollars. Now, we'll see if they spend their first-round pick on a wide receiver. We obviously have a long way until they do that. But I would suspect that there is going to be some veteran in the room next year. I don't think that Calvin Ridley is that bad of a name. Calvin Ridley actually had a pretty good season this year. He had a little over 1,000 yards this year, 76 catches, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns this season. Calvin Ridley is only 29 years old. I think he's probably in line to get a good two-, three-year contract from somebody next season. If you're a team like Kansas City and you want to spend a three-year, $30 million deal that's really a two-for-20 or two-for-19 with some guaranteed money, I don't think that's the worst thing that you can do. I mean, he's in line with the kind of receivers that you seem to like 6'1 190 a speedster really good pedigree he had a really good season this year I wouldn't be mad at the Chiefs going to get Calvin Ridley this offseason I mean I wouldn't be mad but is he the solution like 29 years old is not oh we found the cure to the ill maybe it's Ridley Rice Kelsey comes back healthy next year and a draft pick yeah. and we're having a different conversation but I feel like while Calvin Ridley is good the average Chiefs fan would prefer they swing for the fences a little more. Calvin Ridley is you legged out a double because he's 29 years old. He missed a year plus the NFL. He was productive last year, but he wasn't, you know, game changing in the NFL last year. He feels like, all right, you, you're not upset with a double, but you feel like you'd like to hit a triple or a home run in that sphere. If you can, I don't know that chiefs fans would be satisfied with, Calvin Ridley alone is the solution. Yeah, but I guess I would ask, though, for what you're saying about a home run. Do Chiefs fans want to spend that much money in free agency? Like, I'm seeing, hey, we really want Mike Evans. Well, we just saw what 
Odell Beckham got in free agency. If you're Mike Evans, why would you take less than what Odell Beckham just got? You saw what DeAndre Hopkins just got in free agency. If you're Mike Evans, why would you take less than what those got in free agency? You definitely can hit a home run in free agency if that's really what you want to do. If you want to swing big and go get one of those premier wide receivers in the game, you absolutely can do so. I just hope you know that it's not going to be cheap to do it. We're a guy like Calvin Ridley. So let's say that, that this is what this team does. Let's say that you go get Calvin Ridley at probably 10 to 12 million, and then you spend a first or a second round draft pick and you go get another wide receiver. And your one through three is Calvin Ridley, Rasheed Rice, draft pick. You now have Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony, if both of those guys are back, as your fourth or fifth option. I assume Justin Watson will be back on the team next year. You can get him at a nothing contract. He also signed a, what, a two year deal. So. It's probably no benefit to cut him next year. Justin Watson comes back as your fourth or fifth reliable option. You got Travis Kelsey that comes back. Maybe you do spend a little bit of money at the running back position where you keep Isaiah Pacheco. Obviously, Clyde is gone. You got Jarek McKinnon dealing with an injury. Maybe McKinnon isn't the one that comes back and you spend a little bit of money at running back. I don't think that they need to go crazy when we're talking about resources in that wide receiver room. You take a good size swing at a Calvin Ridley. You hit on another draft pick in the second or third round like you did with Rasheed Rice. And I think you're happy with what you have in the wide receiver room. I think Chiefs fans would be skittish of that because of what you said at the end there. You hit on a second round pick like Rasheed Rice again. You said that like it's something that has happened a lot with the Kansas City Chiefs. Brett Veach has taken three second round swings a wide receiver. He's one for three with one person we called a bust back in October and one person who was fine, but is maligned by fans. I wonder if Ridley hoping the second round hits and rice is going to have chiefs fans be happy on August, whatever. I think you almost have to swing a little bigger, lean a little heavier into the free agent name, the known commodity name, because then it takes the pressure off the pick game. The chiefs in the past did not take the pressure off the pick game. And those misses were more notable by the fan base. There's a reason Sky Moore is hated right now. It's not just his play. It's the fact that he was part of the solution, and he's not. Yeah, I'm with you on Sky Moore. You know, I don't look at McCole Hardman as being that much of a miss. I feel like McCole Hardman is sort of prisoner by the, well, it was all the problems around Tyreek Hill. You then drafted this player. He was supposed to live up to this expectation, and he didn't live up to that expectation. I think that McCole Hardman, for the most part, has been a decent player in the National Football League. I actually think more than any thing with Kansas City at least when it comes to skill position players is they just haven't drafted a bunch of them or you take a look at a team like Green Bay for example Green Bay has spent a lot of resources over the last couple of years to go get running backs and go get wide receivers well if you draft five of them and you hit on three of them you feel pretty good about it if you're Kansas City and you've only drafted four wide receivers really in the last seven years well all right there's a little bit of a void there at the position now we'll see what they do next year I think they should probably go get another running back. You've got Isaiah Pacheco. In in reality, you maybe only have two more years left of Isaiah Pacheco when his rookie contract's up. Maybe that's not a guy that you want to pay. So you could maybe start the process of you've got a good 1B, you've got a good, uh, good player. So by the time his third year, you move on from Isaiah Pacheco and you start that cycle all over again. And then you take a decent swing at another wide receiver. I just don't see wide receiver now is a position group that they need to go spin. Like if you want to take a big swing, 
It is an 18 to $20 million swing. I'd rather you keep Snead if you're going to do that. Like, if you're going to spend $18 million on a free agent this offseason, I'd much rather you spend it on maybe the best available corner in free agency, which is the guy that you have, than go give that money to T. Higgins or Michael Pittman Jr. So it sounds like I've already identified we're going to disagree about all offseason long, which is fun on February 1st. Because I think the Chiefs are going to treat wide receiver the way they treated O-line after the Bucs Super Bowl. They're going to gut it and restart. That is, and maybe that includes one $18 million guy. Maybe that includes a trade guy. I think it's going to be si- multiple signings, multi- a draft pick or two. I think right now the wire receiver room is currently constructed is going to look comically different come training camp. I don't think MVS is back under any circumstance on this team. I don't think Kadarius Tony, Mr. Instagram, is going to come back on this team barring unforeseen circumstances. I don't know that Sky Moore's back, and if he is, it's like the Justin Watson role. Right now, I've pushed three guys out the door. I think Rasheed Rice comes back, but I think they're going to sign a big-ticket guy or trade, a la the Orlando Brown, when they redid the offensive line, a draft pick, and then maybe a cheap, savvy veteran move type of deal. The way Brett Veach had an offensive line in 2021, following that Bucks Super Bowl loss, where he added Kyle Long, traded for Orlando Brown, brought in Austin Blythe, drafted both Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. I think that is how he is going to handle wide receiver because a great wide receiver room lessens the load on Travis Kelsey. And what we've seen is when Travis Kelsey is healthy and ready to roll, he's as good now as he's ever been, but you cannot lean on him the same way you did when he was 23 as his, when he is 33. Someone on the text line says, see that I love your plan, but I think Ridley is going to be more than $10 million. So I'm looking at sports illustrated right now and what, Pro Football Focus has as their projected contract. They have the projected contract for Calvin Ridley at two years, $32 million, $21.5 million guaranteed. So I know it's a two for 16, but it's really two for 21 with a little bit of sauce on it. That's to me about fair for Calvin Ridley. And a contract that I wouldn't have too much of a deal. I think 32 is a little bit high for a 29 year old who. We all know about his off-the-field issues, and we know the teams are going to use that against Calvin Ridley. And this is a wide receiver class that there's going to be possibly seven get drafted in the first round. It's also kind of deep at wide receiver. He's not a top three free agent wide receiver. Pittman's higher than him. T. Higgins is higher than him. Mike Evans is higher than him. The guy who is the fifth or sixth wide receiver in free agency, that guy's not getting $16 million a year and in a draft class in which we think is as deep and talented. I'm going to guess that you can probably get Calvin Ridley maybe a little bit cheaper than what they think that you can get Calvin Ridley at. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to be joined by Mike Janetti of Track. We're going to get his thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs as we are heading towards the offseason. We are six weeks away from free agency starting in the National Football League. I know we are in the middle of getting ready for the Super Bowl, but after the Super Bowl, I mean, free agency in the NFL starts March 13th. Like, it is not that far off from the combine is about to happen. We're going to see a couple of significant trades that always happen after the combine. And then it's going to be time to really lock in on what the Chiefs are going to do long-term and big picture with LeJarrius Sneed and Chris Jones. We'll be joined by Mike Janetti here coming up in just a bit. Rob, if you can, can you pull up a little bit of sad news, a little sad music for me? Because... You guys know that we have kept up on the Independence Avenue Bridge. And we have seen that the Independence Avenue Bridge 
is maybe better in the clutch than Patrick Mahomes in a two-minute drill. We have seen plenty of trucks try to take on the Independence Avenue Bridge, and they have all come up short. Well, the city is starting to take some measures to deal with this crisis. This audio comes from KSHB 41 News. First at 10, it's been truck after truck slamming into the Independence Bridge in Kansas City for years. Finally, a new warning is about to go up. Crews started constructing warning curtains on both sides of the bridge this week. If a truck hits this, the driver knows they'll hit the bridge too. It's just less entertaining for us. If you're on social media, I live for the refresh to see that the bridge has claimed another. I love to see it. Now, to my understanding, there haven't been any casualties in this. I don't think anybody's been hurt. You just, you made a mistake. You goofed off. Are these curtains really going to stop people? Is this really the detriment that we think that it is? Is there going to be a truck driver that hits that, understands it's like, oh, wait, let me stop and back up because I'm about to hit the bridge? I don't know. We'll have to see. But what could be and what has been in a, a Kansas City and American staple, it looks like it's out. Now, I don't know why they haven't spent more of these resources. I don't know, trying to fix some of the potholes, especially in Missouri. It's like playing Frogger out there might tear up your whole axle you got to trade two oxen for new axles in kansas city because of the potholes it's bad out there seems to me like maybe we could have spent a little bit of time on that before we address the issue with the independence avenue bridge but rob it doesn't look like the independence avenue bridge is going to get another meal anytime soon so hopefully it got its fill because it is certainly gobbled up your big rigs it looks like it is eating its last truck. Coming up on the other side, we're going to head to the phone lines to be joined by Mike Janetti of Track. It is my favorite website for NFL contract and salary cap information and discussion. We're going to ask him about Legereus Need, how much he would get on the open market, ask him about Chris Jones, how much he thinks that he would get on the open market, and also what should the Chiefs do? The Chiefs have two premium players that are about to hit free agency. How would he handle it regarding the Chiefs' long-term and the salary cap? That's all coming up. Come right back. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Mike Janetti of Track. This is where I get all of my NFL salary cap and contract conversations. This is a little bit of a different week. It's a bye week, rest week as we get ready for Super Bowl 58. We'll start to tackle the game more on Monday, but want to take a big picture look at Kansas City is we are not that far away from the offseason. I mean, the offseason for the Chiefs, win or lose, starts in two Mondays from now. And we are six weeks away from the start of the league year. I mean, March 13th, free agency. So the Chiefs are going to have to make their decision on the franchise tag in the next three weeks about what they want to do with 
Legereus need, what they're going to do with Chris Jones. They also have some other important free agents that are pretty vital to this team. Drew Tranquil is going to be a free agent. Mike Dana is going to be a free agent. There are a lot of decisions that the Chiefs are going to need to make this offseason if they want to get back to a third consecutive Super Bowl and maybe win three in a row. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be drawn by Mike Gennetti. Mike, always appreciate your time. Mike, let's just think about this team and how they've built it. How crazy is it considering the journey and the ride that we have been on that the Chiefs find themselves back in another Super Bowl? It's a testament to the superstars on this team because they kind of came together at the right time. You saw what happened. Uh, The coaching staff was prepared when a lot of other coaching staffs didn't seem like they were. And uh, this train just keeps on rolling, man. Mike, from a roster-building standpoint, can you tell us how this all came together? Obviously, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey's the first ballot Hall of Famer. But when you look at the salary cap and how they built this roster, how do they do it? Yeah, a little bit here, a little bit there. And, and as you know, it's been well-documented. They strip back on their weapons in terms of how much that costs them. So, when I mean, you got a seventh-round running back and a bunch of near-minimum wide receivers out there. You can fit in an offensive line that has been built properly through the draft, through free agency, and uh, the defensive line with Chris Jones back really made a difference. So it's uh, it's pretty simple. You got a superstar quarterback, and your trenches are defined, and uh, they made it work with everything else. It seems like a lot of it is just drafting and development, and that this team, yeah. as they have transitioned into Patrick Mahomes' big contract, they have done a really good job at getting maximum production on the cheap. You got a guy like Creed Humphrey on the offensive side. You got Nick Bolton. You have those great corners on the outside. This team has really maximized rookie contracts. Yeah, Sneed, Tranquil. You've got value all over this roster. And unfortunately, a lot of that's coming to roost this offseason. But you're right. It's been really savvy front office moves, understanding where you can trim the fat a little bit. And they got lucky with some hits, for sure. When you mentioned that a lot of that is going to come home to roost this offseason, what does that mean? Big contracts, man. I mean, you know it's coming. Michael Dana, Drew Tranquil, Jarius Sneed, Chris Jones. Those are not easy miles to feed right now, and I don't think uh, they're all coming back here for sure. Right now we're talking to Mike Gennetti of Spot Track. This is where I get all my salary cap information from. Let's start with Chris Jones. Obviously there was a lot of friction this offseason between him, the organization, his agency, et cetera. How do you see that situation playing itself out? It's tight. Um, this is the preeminent free agent right now. This is the guy on the top of every list. I don't think the franchise tag's available here with $33 million plus. So what we're talking about is another, ro- another round of $30 million per year or a team discount to stick around. He's about a $28 million player in our system. So is, it, is he going to take the discount, or is he going to walk March 13th and become one of the biggest free agents really in the history of the salary cap NFL? When you mention a team-friendly discount, is that in that 26 to 28 region? Because the franchise tag for him is in the 30s. You and I both agree that if he hit free agency, he would get between 30 to $33 million. Are we talking about a team discount of being 26 to $28 million? Yeah, I think 28 is about right here because, you know, if you're talking about a $5 million discount, maybe they can fortify the guarantees a little bit to make it happen. Certainly, they've been incentives before that he's been able to hit. So that's about right. You know, it's 27, 28 million. I can't see him going lower than that because you're right. He hit the open market, he's 32 million a year. 
Right now, we're talking to Mike Gennetti of Track, going through the Chiefs offseason and what they're going to do from a franchise tag contract scenario. Who are the suitors for Chris Jones if he hits free agency? Yeah, plenty, right? I mean, the Commanders have cap space. Tennessee has cap space. But if you want to talk contenders here, Houston's in, Detroit's in, and uh, Green Bay is probably so you're, you're, you're talking six teams minimum willing to go 30 million plus who have cap space to front load that and really take Kansas City out of this conversation. Let's talk about Legereus Sneed, who has certainly earned himself a lot of money over the course of the last six months or so. He has had a phenomenal year this season. It seems like his number has maybe jumped even more than where Chris Jones is. I understand that corners just make less than defensive linemen, but if we are talking about raises, I don't know if anybody on this team has made themselves more money over the course of the last six months or so than Legereus Sneed. You took the words out of my mouth. I've been on here with a bunch with you, and I think the last time we talked, I was discussing how this guy wasn't a true cornerback one. So to value him as a cornerback one was incorrect. Well, that's that's out the window. <laughs> so if he was a $10 million player six months ago, he's $16, $17, 18000000 a year right now, and uh, a quasi-safety in terms of what that money could cost. So you're right. One of the biggest paydays, that came from zero to a hundred in the 2023 season. And somebody's going to snatch him up on a huge contract. Yeah. I just look at it where he is 27 years old. He's shown the versatility yeah. to do just about whatever you need him to. You need him to play outside. He can do that. You need him to play inside. He can do that. You mentioned safety. You need him to blitz off the corner, that age, that production, that championship pedigree and being part of a great defense. That guy gets a lot of money thrown at him coming up in a couple of weeks. Huge. Yeah. He's going to walk. He's going to be one of those huge free agents. And it's going to be, you know, the J.C. Jackson type top of the market contract. Only his is probably going to work out. So I do want to talk about some of the other players. You mentioned Drew Tranquil. You mentioned Mike Dana. We'll get to them coming up in a bit. So let's say that Brett Veach comes up to you and says, hey, you understand the salary cap. How would you make this work? You got Chris Jones, a premium free agent. You got Legereus Sneed a premium free agent. You can only franchise tag one of them. You're probably not going to keep both in free agency. How would you play this thing out if you're Kansas City? You know, it's a great way to look at it. With Snead's age, he's probably a more valuable keep at this point in time. His his franchise tag is around that $19 million mark. So we're talking closer to the value. Chris Jones on $33 million plus, that's a really tough way to operate in March with your salary cap even if he's certainly tagging tradable, right? So I think I'm franchise tagging Legereus Need, trying to work something out that makes sense for everybody. And I'm just hammering out some kind of near top of the market contract for Chris Jones. But these are two of your preeminent players. So you've got to you've got to prioritize keeping these guys around at least for the first couple of weeks of March. And then if you have to operate with the trade, there'll be teams in on that. How realistic is a tag and trade? Now, obviously, with Snead, you're talking about a 27-year-old, and if he gets franchise tag, it's $18 million. That's a very easy situation. It's not nearly as easy with Chris Jones. You're talking about a 30-year-old defensive lineman who is going to make at least $30 million next year. His tag and trade scenario doesn't seem nearly as straightforward as it does with Snead. Yeah, I agree with you. Not to mention, most teams don't have $33 million of cap space to acquire that player on through that trade. So, you're, yeah, I think you're dealing with Snead in terms of the franchise tag. And if, I mean, you don't want to see Chris Jones hit that open market, but you know you have at least, you know, a fallback option on him if he goes out there and you try to work something out through March. 
let's say that Chris Jones hit free agency and let's say he signs with the Commanders, a team that you threw out there earlier. What does a Chris Jones free agent contract look like? Yeah, it starts at four for 120. You know, we're, we're getting them back to that $30 million mark. Nick Bosa's contract has only pushed things for, further. So I, I think we're going to be at four, four years at $32 million per year. Two years fully guaranteed, and that third year vests with some with some 2025 incentives. But it's uh it's going to be big, it's going to be huge, and uh, whoever gets them is going to get two really strong years of a defensive interior lineman. So now talking about Legereus Need, what does a Legereus Need free agent contract look like? Yeah, if he's a 16 million dollar player in our system right now, that means about four for 64. So it, when he hits the open market things generally go up about $2 million per year. So if he's on $18 million a year, you could probably sneak four or five years because of his age and feel pretty comfortable about it. What does a team-friendly deal look like for Snead? Yeah, I, I don't know that you can dip under $15 million at this point. And I know McDuffie's contract's going to come up, and that's going to counteract what you're doing here. But I think you're going to have to be in that four for 60, at least with an initial offer, to keep him at least thinking about not hitting that open market. You mentioned some of the other free agents that they have. Mike Dana is a guy who had a really good season. It seems like he can sign like an Emmanuel Ogba deal when he signed with Miami, a two-year, $18 million, two-for-20 kind of deal. You mentioned Drew Tranquil, who signed a one-year deal but has certainly made himself a lot of money with how he's played this year. What about some of their other free agents? What's their value? What kind of contract are we talking about to keep them? Yeah, Tranquil was an out-of-nowhere situation. So the fact that he's going to triple his compensation is crazy. But, I, you know, he's a $7 million player right now. So I'm not even sure that's something you can keep around knowing how many other mouths you have defeated. And Dana have, had a back-to-back really nice season that puts him in that, you're right, that second-tier edge defender conversation. So if we're talking $10 million a year, maybe like a three for 30, that's probably be about right. That is our guy, Mike Gennetti, joining us on the show today. He does fantastic work with Track. That is where I get all my salary cap and contract information from the Chiefs. I know they're headed to the Super Bowl, but they have a very busy offseason plan that right after the Super Bowl is when the NFL offseason starts, and you got to have a lot of these things wrapped up by March 13th. Mike, great information, great insight as always. Appreciate you hopping on today. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Absolutely. That is Mike Gennetti joining us on the show. He'll be on the show coming up after the season as well. But just wanted to take a quick look at the Kansas City Chiefs as we are getting ready for Super Bowl 58 for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is what I think is going to happen with Chris Jones. You guys remember now it was a little bit different because he was franchise tag. And I I don't think that Chris Jones is going to be franchise tagged. I think in the same way that Kansas City back in 2018 needed Frank Clark and they needed that toughness. They needed somebody who could come in and help transform their defense and they were willing to spend a lot of money to go get Frank Clark. I think a team is going to look at Chris Jones the exact same way. Hey, we think that we're right there. But we're going to need to make one move that could potentially separate us from the pack. Like, Green Bay, to me, makes a lot of sense. They've got a younger quarterback. Now, we'll see what his contract looks like this offseason because I think Jordan Love is going to get a raise, but we'll see how big of a raise that is. If you're a team like Green Bay, that you're a playoff team and you're looking to take that next step and get over the hump and get back to the Super Bowl for the first time in, what, 15 years, 
if you were Green Bay. I could see them being a team. He mentioned the Commanders. They have the most cap space in the National Football League. To me, those teams are always dangerous because every year it's always a team like Arizona or a team like Washington that has a lot of money to spend in free agency. Jacksonville was that team a couple of years. Remember, they went out and spent a lot of money. They gave Christian Kirk that big contract at the time. I just think if you allow Chris Jones to truly hit the open market for his first time, and you're talking about a guy who's a five-time All-Pro who could be coming off three championships and is looking to change teams, I just think that guy ends up signing a massive contract and probably gets that four years, 120, maybe that four years, 115, and there is a team that thinks that he is the missing piece to help get them over the hump and get them to the Super Bowl. So you've kind of... Felt like the way it's going to play out is that Chris Jones won't be a chief on March 25th. It's kind of the... I think that Chris Jones is playing his last game for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Super Bowl 58. And, I mean, if they win, it is a a great send-off. You have had a phenomenal year in Kansas City. You have played under two contracts and two franchise tags with the Kansas City Chiefs. You have won three Super Bowls. You are a Hall of Fame player. Hey, go get your money. And if there's a team that's going to pay you and be the highest bidder, it just makes a lot of sense for you to go sign with that team. I'm bigger on keeping Snead. I think the Chiefs have the best one-two punch at cornerback in the entire National Football League, and it is substantially less to franchise tag one player than the other. The Jones franchise tag is going to be over $30 million. Snead is going to be at $18.1 million if you look at the numbers from last season. So you can franchise tag him at 18. The long-term extension number isn't that far off. And you let Chris Jones walk. You thank him for everything that he's done. You tag Snead. You negotiate a contract where Snead is signed long-term before you get to St. Joe. And now you've got a little bit of money in free agency to spend elsewhere and to improve the rest of your roster. The history is on your side. Historically speaking, Brett Veach targets a certain type, young. In that second contract, he looks for 25, 26, 27. I know Chris Jones not going into a second contract, but he doesn't really keep 30-plus-year-old guys. There are noted extensions that didn't happen in Kansas City. Tyron Matthew comes to mind initially. He had broken that 30-year mark. Hey, thank you for your service. Enjoy your Super Bowl ring. We love you forever, but goodbye. So history's on your side. There's one noted exception to that rule, though. Travis Kelsey. And can you make the argument that Chris Jones is the Travis Kelsey of the defense? You yesterday said he's a Hall of Famer, so much like Travis Kelsey. I would say he's the heart and soul of that defense. Now that Frank Clark is gone, he's the guy that brings the juice. And he's a guy who came up through the Chiefs system. He's a homegrown talent. Isn't that what Travis Kelsey was when he was over 30 and looking for his extension? I know the numbers aren't apples to apples, but is it possible Chris Jones is more Travis Kelsey when it comes to extension than he is Tyron Matthew? Yeah, but I think when we talk about Travis Kelsey, though, I think part of it is just we have to acknowledge, at least with Kelsey. I'm not saying that Kelsey hasn't left money off the table because he certainly has. But his franchise tag number has never been as costly as the defensive number. Like, if you franchise tag Travis Kelsey, let's say you had done this early on in his career, where you know how this works, you are normally fighting off that franchise tag number and what the average for your position is. So the franchise tag number is, I'm pulling it up right here. If you got franchise tag, the tight end number is $11 million dollars. 
That's a little bit more than what running back is, where if you're a defensive lineman, what the franchise tag number is, is 19.7. So I think it's been a little bit different for Kelsey in terms of taking less money and what the franchise tag is, because your position just doesn't get paid a whole lot. Where at defensive linemen, you do get paid. There's no scenario. There's no team in the NFL that would give Travis Kelsey $33 million a year. Despite how great he's been, his track record. You might think Kelsey has two more years left. There's no team in the NFL that would do that. You and I both think there's three to five teams that would give Chris Jones that exact same contract. So I at least think it's unfair to put Chris Jones in that Travis Kelsey argument. Because how the league values the position is drastically different. I... Like I said, I understand it's not apples to apples, but the, I think it is far more far more likely the Chiefs view Chris Jones in the same light they view Travis Kelsey than the light they viewed Tyron Matthew, who I'm using as the noted, hey, we love you, we're trying to work an extension, this, that, and the other, and then promptly let him walk in free agency, and a lot of people pointed to his age. I, I am not as sold as everyone else in the city or the sense I get in the city that Chris Jones is playing his last game in Kansas City. I... I am more open to the notion that he's given the four for 120 here than I think Joe fan is. I think the question though with Chris Jones is, do you think that the Chiefs view Chris Jones as the best non-quarterback in the NFL? Because if he is going to sign a long-term extension in Kansas City, by definition, that's what you think he is. Like I'm going through the average year per value and all of them are quarterbacks, as you would guess. Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. The highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL is Nick Bosa. That's $34 million a year. You then go down to Aaron Donald, which is $31.6 million a year. Tyreek is the third highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL at 30. If you were signing Chris Jones to that deal, if you were Kansas City, you think that he is the best non-quarterback in the NFL. And you and I both know how the Chiefs are and how they operate. And I just find it hard to believe that they have Mahomes at a relatively, I would say, team-friendly deal. They have gotten Travis Kelsey on a relatively great team-friendly deal. I now don't think that you were paying Chris Jones more than you were willing to pay a Tyreek Hill or more than you were willing to pay any player that you've had. He is great. He is phenomenal. But the business side of football, I think, is just going to win out with him, where if you were Sneed... You can pay Snead a lot of money, but I would say a relatively good contract. I don't think there's any scenario in which you give Snead 16 to $18 million and you feel bad about that contract. He's 27 years old and has shown you great versatility, can play on the outside, the inside, can play safety, can blitz, can do everything. There is not a scenario to me in 18 months we are looking at the deal for Snead and you regret that deal. Could we not see a scenario in which the Chiefs regret giving a 32-year-old defensive lineman $35 million a year? I can. I think they let Jones walk in free agency, and I think that Snead signs a – I think he gets franchise tagged, and then I think they agree to a long-term extension over the course of the summer. We can take you guys' phone calls on this, 913-586-7610, from what we just heard from Mike Gennetti of Track. If you missed it, we'll play a couple of cuts, what he thinks a contract is worth for Jones, what he thinks a contract worth with Snead. He also threw a couple of teams out there that he thought would make sense for either player. That's coming up. Keep it right here. So drive. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.